I'm stoked to be here with you this morning, Faith Church family and Faith Church online. Um, we're going to be going to God's Word, so if you have your Bibles with you, pull them out. If you don't, you have your phone, you have the Bible app, you can open that as well. Um, but before we get started, fall is my favorite season. How many of you agree? Okay, what else is your favorite season? Now, just shout out all at once. We do youth ministry here at Faith Church, and so we all shout at the same time. So shout out your favorite season. Go. Good, I like those too. Um, but fall is my favorite season, and uh, there's many reasons for that. Uh, fall sports being one of them. Uh, I used to be athletic. I, as you can tell, have lost that great trait, but uh, when I was athletic back in high school, I would run cross country in the fall, and I loved cross country. I didn't love running. I loved the sport of cross country. Cross country was a great sport where you would go out and you would uh, run the 5K event, the 5K event, and so you'd uh, train for this event, and, and the coaches would be building within you great character and, and uh, great um, tips on how to run such a long length of uh, uh, distance, and they would teach you perseverance, and they would teach you endurance, and you would have to break down your muscles, and your lungs would be on fire, so none of these things kind of sound great when you're thinking about the fall. You know, pain, that's good, right? No, okay. But the fall is great memories. And we actually made it to state one year. And uh, you would learn and map out the course. And it was the biggest competition. A bunch of teams were there. And you'd start at the starting line. And you'd have your warm-ups on, getting ready for the race. And you would take off practice sprints just to get your gauge going for this uphill uh, golf course run that you had to do. And so you take off, you're trying to get ahead of the pack so that you can set the pace, hopefully. That's the goal of every runner is to, to get ahead of the pack. And so we would take off our warm-ups and wait for the gun to fire and we would race. And so these are great memories for me back in the fall with the cross country. And even now, uh, I was looking forward to uh, participating with some of my students uh, and watching them race in their cross country seasons. But, but we're in an unsettled time. And I mourn with them and I mourn with you for all that we are missing out on. But maybe our text today has something for us in Hebrews chapter 12. The writer of Hebrews here is using race terminology to describe our spiritual faith journey. So if you would, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, follow along with me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary 
or faint-hearted. This is God's Word. And the first word in God's Word this morning is therefore. And if you're uh, great in your Bible study skills, uh, you know what to do with that word. You know what to do with the word therefore. Therefore, you ask, what is it therefore, right? And so you take that word and everything that was stated previously in Hebrews chapter 11, everything that was stated about the men and women who lived by faith and the acts that they had and they did and their lives dedicated to God and his work, everything that has been previously stated, therefore the following. Therefore the following. All those great examples And as verse 39 and 40 says, as Pastor Derek so wonderfully wrapped up last week, all these, and all these, these people, these great heroes of the faith, though commended through their faith, they did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And all the by faith men and women who were commended did not receive what was promised, but had God's witness for when that day comes and they will be rewarded for their faith. That faith which is, as verse 1 says, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things yet unseen. So therefore, because of all this and the great cloud of witnesses we are surrounded by, we, you and I, are called to action. We're called to action. These heroes of the faith, these hall of faithers, are not witnesses of us runners running the race. They're not spectators along the cross-country course cheering you on, going, you can do it, you got this, way to go, sprint harder, I don't know. Um, And so they are not witnesses of the race. It's a different kind of witness that he's talking about. They are witnesses to us runners. They are witnesses to us that God will see us through the race. That he will get us through just as he got them through. And now they are witnesses as we read and have read in the Old Testament. And they expressed in our evidence for the fact that God will get you through too. This is important to be reminded of and to have on the forefront of our minds. God will get us through. The cloud of witnesses, okay. And it's been awesome to flip back into our Old Testaments and to read about these, uh, these great men and women, these uh, hall of faithers um, who persevered through the great and through the mundane. They lived by faith. Abel, Enoch, we looked at Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Joshua, and Rahab. And there's actually so many more that we didn't have the time to look at through this summer series. But I hope in your personal studies at home that you're maybe able to go back into chapter 11. Yes, we rejoiced with Debbie that chapter 11's over and the cool crowd cheered. Um, But there are many more that we can look at and go back and flip to the, the recording of their stories in the Old Testament to see how they lived by faith as well. But we looked at them all, and we look at them all, and they all live by faith. One of my professors uh, in Denver Seminary, his name is Dr. Heim, 
And uh, Dr. Heim is a great man. He actually taught an Old Testament course that I loved. And um, Dr. Heim, and yes, that's a big deal uh, because Old Testament courses can sometimes be dry. Uh, however, this guy made it come alive, and so I was very grateful for that. Um, so the Old Testament uh, professor, Dr. Heim, he, he said this uh, as we entered the core. He's, he said, we're going to study not just the Old Testament, we're going to study the New New Testament. The New New Testament. And that was the look on my face when I heard that as well. What, is, what the heck does that mean, Dr. Heim? I don't get it. I'm baffled. I'm confused. What do you mean the new, New Testament? He went on to explain the New Testament, Matthew through Revelation, is a collection of words that point to Jesus. A collection of words that point to our justification to be made right with God. The New Testament is pointing towards salvific messages. And so then, therefore, if that is what that is, then we can, as believers, as Christians, look at the Old Testament as the New New Testament, which just basically means the Old Testament is full of practical application on how we can be more Christ-like. Justified in the New Testament, sanctified through the Old Testament. And he gets that from looking at the Old Testament from a Christian, a born-again Christian perspective because it was originally written to the who? The Jews, right? The Jewish people. Well, we are not that. We are born-again Christians. And so we can look at all these great stories, all this great application, and we too can continue to be sanctified. <coughs> Excuse me, sanctified. So he calls it the New New Testament. Sanctification is the process that you and I are in currently. And so we see all these witnesses. We have all these witnesses. That's cool. Now we are called to act. And as verse 1 continues still, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so closely entangles. So in some translation, it says that uh, the weight that hinders, the weight that holds you back, And contextually, the writer here knows well that the foot races in the time of the Roman and Greek uh, era where the athletes were just really great. They would have huge events in huge arenas, and they'd have these races. Well, they knew full well kind of the regimen that these athletes would put themselves through. And they would bind to their ankles and to to their arms weights so that they could train for the big race, right? And so they would put on these, these hindrances, these weights, so that they could train to be the best that they can be. However, when it came to the final race, it would be foolish of them to run the race with those weights and those hindrances. When it came to actual race, then they stepped up to the, to the start line, they would take off their warm-ups, they would take off their weights so that they could run all out full bore for the race to win. That's good. See, not all weights or hindrances are bad. Not all weights or hindrances are sin, in fact. Hindrances uh, to you might not be the same to me. A weight or a hindrance in this context is something that weighs you down spiritually as the writer of Hebrews is saying, something that weighs us down spiritually, 
he alludes to. So maybe it's, maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's an event or a, a place or a habit. A pleasure or a form of entertainment. Maybe it's a hobby. Whatever it is, it may be a good thing, but it takes away from you spiritually. And you know those things that are popping up in your head right now. These hindrances that they're not bad but they might take away from you spiritually. What are we told to do? Take it off. Remove it. It's just going to hinder you in the race. In the same way, with those hindrances, he also regards sin. Now sin also must be removed. Our individual sins, the ones you know you struggle with, that cling to us and entangle us, So what sin is weighing you down? What sin is clinging on to you tightly? Preventing you from running the race all out. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's lust. Or envy. Maybe hatred. Whatever it is, what are we told to do? Remove it. Strip it away. Lay it aside. Because, family, we have a race to run. Verse 1 continues on. After the fact that we removed and laid aside our weights and our sins, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. One thing that unites us is the fact that we all have a long race to run. We all have a long race to run. And for some of us, it's longer than others. For others of us, maybe we're farther from the finish line, or maybe we're closer to the finish line. But we all have a long race to run. And we're unified in this. We're all participating in this race But remember that great cloud of witnesses? Paul writes this in uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And it's natural for us as humans to look for hope in life. It's natural for us, and it is there that we find it. The great commentator, uh, Warren Wiersbe, he's one of my favorites, uh, he has this to say about what Paul just said in Romans 15. One of the best ways to develop endurance and encouragement is to get to know the godly men and women of the Old Testament, that new New Testament, the practical, who ran the race and one. If you're having problems in your family, read about Joseph. If you think your job is just too big for you, read about Moses. If you're tempted to retaliate, see how David handled that situation. Remember, God got them through what seemed impossible to them, what seemed astronomical to them, 
And as Pastor Derek said, what seemed absurd to them, God got them through. And he's going to get you through the absurd as well. All we need to do is live by faith. By faith, uh, as we've discovered, is mentioned 21 times in Hebrews chapter 11. And it's only by faith in Christ that we can have this endurance for the race that we're running. We need his strength. And so we focus, as the passage continues on, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So we've laid aside the sins and the weights and the hindrances, and we've, we've started this race. We're running with endurance. We're fixated on Christ, the OG of this, our faith, and the originator, the founder, the pioneer of this, our faith. And this faith event, this is the faith event that Jesus Christ initiated. And we need to have this faith and live by it in this crazy race that's called life. We need to be looking to Jesus and focusing on him as our example because his example is perfect. He endured mocking. He endured hate. He endured his friends turning away against him, turning their backs on him. He endured beating, crucifixion, and even death. When I hear all that and I look to Jesus' example, the question just dings in my mind, how and why would somebody do this? Why would anybody endure it all? What's the second part of verse 2 say in chapter 12 of Hebrews? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. For the joy that is set before him, the joy being what we read and what Jesus knew to be from the Psalms, the writers of the Old Testament in the Psalms chapter 16, Christ would have known about this, that the fact that he would rise again and be at the Father's right hand. The fullness of joy mentioned here at being in the presence of the Father. Also in Psalm 110, Jesus would have known that his end would be exalted in glory. His end would be exalted to glory. These things the Father spoke beforehand through the Old Testament writers. Through those who are of old. So that we would set our eyes on Jesus now. Looking to him who endured much because of this joy. That we would focus on him and his perfect example, the author and perfecter of our faith. Love for some uh, participation. This is where we shift in our seats and we participate a little bit. Um, but uh, it, I want everybody thinking with me. If you need to close your eyes so you can imagine it, then you can. But I, it's very vivid in my mind. So everyone with me, think in your mind of someone who to you is the best the very best at maybe your favorite sport, your favorite activity or hobby, extracurricular uh, passion. For Nick in the back, it's the best taco eater, I understand. Um, but whether the best golfer or tennis player, rock climber, guitar player, best chef, 
uh, best landscaper, YouTuber, whatever picture that person is in your mind right now, I want you to picture them. And I want you to picture them alongside you as you're trying to be better or best at this activity, at this sport, or whatever it is. Teaching you and showing you the know-hows and the sharing the abilities with you. Coaching alongside you. For me, it, uh, when I was a young boy, it was Michael Jordan. The best basketball player of all time. In fact, he was the best basketball player in the universe, according to Space Jam. Um, if you get that, I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> Michael Jordan was the best basketball player of all time. And there were actually commercials out on TV that said, we want to be like, be like Mike. That's right. And so I wanted to be just like Michael Jordan. You know, you, you stick the tongue out, and then you do the whole, like, dunking action, but you're a kid, so you're jumping two inches off the ground. It's good. But uh, we wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to be a great basketball player. It didn't get me very far, but... I had his example to look to on the TV. Christ is that for you and I today. He is the perfecter. He is the best. He is our example, our teacher, and our enabler in this faith life. We want to be like Christ. We want to walk with Him. We want to be alongside Him by running this race, this faith event called life, looking around and focusing on Him because He alone will get us through. That we are promised. By Him and by faith. So as verse 3 in chapter 12 of Hebrews states, let us consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let us consider and take hold of Jesus, our coach, our teacher, right next to us, all the time, running beside us. Let us be all about Jesus. Let's embrace His whole self. And in order to be all about and to consider Him, we must remove those distractions We must remove those hindrances and those weights, for through Jesus alone, our faith might be increased and our race completed well. But we are called here to action in Hebrews chapter 12, Faith Church Family. And it is here for me that it gets a bit difficult, personally, where the words on the page become very real and convicting. Uh, there's an amazing guy in our life group, Brandon. He's, uh, he's an awesome dude, but he sent me recently a podcast. He just texted me the link to a podcast. He said, hey man, this flipped me upside down. You should check it out. And I said, well, if it flipped you upside down, then I should probably check it out. So I did. I listened to it. And um, what I want to do today is I'd like to conclude with a summation of the words in this podcast that links so well to the commands and the action that God calls us to here in Hebrews 12. The host picks up actually in John chapter 6. So earlier in the New Testament, the host is picking up there where Jesus is talking to his many, many followers. To those who are dedicated to him 
and following him and who are in relationship with him. Jesus is talking to them and it reads in verse 48 of chapter 6 that I am the bread of life. We've all heard this. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. In 53, Jesus says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last days. And the people hearing this are going, this is the crazy talk. This is the crazy stuff that Jesus is talking about. Eat Jesus, our teacher, cannibalism, what? Verse 60, when many of his disciples heard this with their ears, they said, this is a hard saying. This is hard stuff right here. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, he said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? And we hear their answer. We see their answer in verse 66. After this, many of his disciples, his followers, those dedicated to being in relationship with him, turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus then turned to the twelve. Do you want to go as well? So the disciples, the followers of Jesus, those close with him left when the things got hard, when the hard stuff came out. They dipped out. And Jesus knew who would leave. And he even invited more to leave. So that authenticity and real conviction remained. He saved you but you have to pick up your cross daily. See, a relationship with Jesus is not just a one-time event. It's a daily surrender to His Spirit of your will and plans, your weights and hindrances, those distractions and those sins. Remove them. Take up your cross and follow Christ. Maybe this is a hard season for you. And maybe we're even getting into a harder season as we're approaching the fall. And it's wearing on you with all these unknowns, all these changes, and all these difficulties, and your faith is in a rocky place. So what would you say if Jesus came up to you now and asked you, do you want to leave too? Are you still committed to following me? To be in in an active relationship with me? Or do you want to go as well? We were created beautifully as, as humans, and we have this, our option. The reality is, you have the freedom to leave. You're not being forced to stick around. We're created with the ability to have free will. You can either choose to run the race focused on other things or other people, or you can choose to focus on the race and focus in on Christ. But consider this. Jesus stays consistent. He's not going to water down his message. 
He isn't going to make it easier for you. But He does make it worth it. He does make it worth it. He is there with you. Right next to you. Every step of the way. He perfected this our faith. Focusing and fixating on Jesus makes it very much worth it to follow Him and choose the hard and difficult narrow path that He calls us to. Are you willing to give up all those things? Not just the sins, but also those distractions that we've been talking about that that may be good, but they take away from your spiritual growth. Letting go of being Lord of your own life and letting God be. And I speak of this because it's also very personal to me. Am I, Jake, pastor at Faith Church here, youth pastor at Faith Church, am I willing to let go of being Lord of my own life and let God daily surrender? I love what Peter's answer is, though, in John. He says to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where are we going to go? There's no one else that can fulfill like you fulfill. There's no one else who can promise what you promise. You have the words of eternal life, Jesus, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Maybe for you here today or online joining us, these words are new to you. And you're wanting to choose that the narrow path that Jesus offers, the relationship that leads to eternal life that He gives for free. In your heart, you're saying, I want to run the race with Jesus. I want Him by my side. And if this is your heart, don't hesitate. Reach out to one of us pastors. We would love to talk with you, have a chat, maybe over some coffee. We'd love to pray with you. And maybe today, for you, you need to pick up your cross again. Maybe you've left it sitting back there and you've just been coasting through life, especially in this unsettled season. Maybe you ask yourself, is he Lord of my life right now, today? Or maybe you've just been carrying your cross faithfully and you're running the race and it's exhausting and you just need some encouragement from his holy word this morning to keep it up and to continue throughout this unsettled season. I'm right there with you, family. Do I pick up my cross daily? Do I choose the narrow path every day? Am I focused in on Jesus throughout this race? This as much as an encouragement to me as it is hopefully for you from God's Word. Let it be an encouragement to you that when we let go and put aside and strip away our hindrances and our distractions, our sins and those that take our attention. And we run this race focused in on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, looking along the course at familiar faces from the days of old who are witnesses to us saying, God got us through. He's going to get you through as well. Jesus running next to you saying, push on, run, you can do it. Live by faith. Pray with me.
Heavenly Father, may it be Your words that encourage us, strengthen us to pick up our cross daily, to run with endurance the race that has been set before us. Father, it may be difficult to, to lay down some of those hindrances that cling to us that aren't necessarily bad, God, but they take away from our relationship with You and our growth with You. Father, may we meditate on these words and may we be in constant talking with You, God. We love You, Jesus. We want to be mirror images of Your Son. We want to continue in our sanctification, being made more holy like You are holy, God. Help us to do so in this race. And Jesus, as, as we go now into a time of worshiping You through our voices singing, may we praise You for being the founder of our faith. Thank You, Jesus for all your many blessings. Amen.